You're listening to the Glass City Church Podcast. Welcome to the Glass City Church Podcast. This yeah, is buddy. intern Justin Shirley here with Brad Everett. Yeah, that's me. Brad, how you doing tonight? Doing good. Uh, so a little bit of a different podcast than what we would normally do. And the reason for that is at Glass City Church, we want to highlight uh, what the Lord is doing in our midst, um, the things that God is is working in the Toledo area. And one particular story that, that sticks out to us is is Brad, uh, who's actually here with us tonight, like, like previously mentioned. Uh, and Brad's story is pretty unique. He just became a believer in March, March of 2018. Correct. Um, and so we want to, we think that sharing testimonies uh, is something that's very important. Uh, it gives God glory to do that and to remember his goodness and his faithfulness. And tonight's going to be just that is remembering God's goodness and faithfulness in Brad's life. Uh, so Brad, uh, what was your, just diving in here, man. Dive right on in. You can't you can't dip the toe in the water, man. You got to go in. Just yeah, you got to jump. Right you got to jump. So we're gonna jump, uh, Brad. Man, what was your life like growing up? I actually grew up in a very like typical Christian home. Okay, my parents were saved in their like early to mid twenties, and um, so coming out of a a typical secular lifestyle, they wanted you know I was like four. Yeah, maybe three or four when they got saved. So really, they wanted to protect me absolutely from all of the evils and wares of the world. And of course, the church they went to, while they did the best they could, very little grace taught. Uh, you know, the the word legalism gets thrown around a lot, and that's essentially what what they were. Yeah, brought up in the church was a lot of do this and don't do that Yeah, if you want to go to heaven. So it was a lot of don't do's, mm-hmm. which essentially caused me to be a very rebellious man because I wanted to do, yeah, which is our nature. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> they so, sent, so you, you yeah, grew they, up in Toledo. I went to a Baptist church and school, K through 12. So I was inundated. Okay. Every time I turned around, church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, School Monday through Friday, all Jesus all the time. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that was great. For me, it wasn't so great. I mean, I did have my periods of of um, being born again, maybe. Yeah. Because that was just the culture I was in. And I knew that in order to have friends, to get along, I needed to profess to be in that club. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I probably said the sinner's prayer because we were all so scared to go to hell. Yeah. Because that's really what we were hearing on a day-to-day basis was, you don't want to go to hell, so you need to say this prayer. Yeah. And then you won't. Mm -hmm. So we were saying the prayer all the time. Yeah. Because we were scared to death. Yeah. But that didn't uh, produce in me any saving faith. Mm -hmm. Um. So by the time I was 18, I couldn't wait to get out of my parents' house and start living my the life of the world. Yeah. I couldn't wait. I mean, they told me it was bad. And so I just couldn't wait to get in and do some bad. Yeah. So did bad. 
uh, for most of my life until I was, you know, 40, just turned 44. Um, essentially my, my entire adult life was wrapped up in rock and roll bands and the rock and roll lifestyle and, and everything that goes along with that, which most people understand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, until I met Jeff, I had, uh, never really thought about God much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I did start talking to him is when I, I began to have some certain questions Yeah, about my life, about hope, about who I am and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So, so talk to me, uh, you mentioned it just a little bit, but what was your, what did you believe about Jesus growing up? So when you heard the word Jesus, what did yeah. you, what, what, what were things that came to mind? Well, I mean, I knew that he died for me. Okay. I knew that he quote unquote loved me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't, it's hard for me to say exactly you know, in hindsight, how I saw Jesus then, I just, I just rejected it. Mm-hmm. I rejected the whole notion that, you know, 2000 years ago, a carpenter was God and, mm-hmm. and that he could somehow be my savior. Yeah. It just wasn't something that I wanted to uh, accept. Mm-hmm. It seemed too simplistic yeah, and too outrageous at the same time. So, yeah. yeah. So would you, so would you say that you growing up had heard the gospel oh my goodness so many times okay i mean the gospel was i used to put it, it was shoved down my throat gotcha and i just you know i mean there comes a point where you can only hear it so much until you're mm-hmm. like yeah you don't you can't even grab grasp the fact that it might be true because it's just such a i don't know how to put it but yeah so i mean without having the the eyes to see or the ears to hear, right? Correct. So hearing it, like you heard the gospel, but like you didn't really like hear the gospel. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, talk to me about, uh, your, you said Jeff was, mm-hmm. which is obviously our pastor. Um, yep. Was pretty influential, uh, in, positing some of those questions to you. Uh, what were some of those questions in more detail, if you don't mind me asking? Sure. Well, I'll back up just a little bit. Yeah, it's please. Kind of, kind of an interesting story. Yeah, so, yeah. So how that whole... A couple of years ago, I started a business that um, that Jeff frequents from time to time, and, and I got to know him. And it was crazy because this guy, this big, loud guy, starts walking into my store. <laughs> And claiming to be a pastor. Yeah. And I was like, what kind of pastor is this guy? <laughs> I mean, he's got tattoos and earrings and, yeah, you know. Pastors, to me, wore suits mm-hmm. and walked around very straight. And they didn't do anything that would ever be considered counterculture or anything like that. Yeah. So I thought it was very interesting that this man was claiming to be a pastor. And, and we had had conversations about movies and books and music mostly. Um, that kind of gave us some some camaraderie, and we started talking. And maybe a year after he had started coming, he had posted something on Facebook about if you grew up in the church or you've been in the church but you've rejected the church, I'd like to talk to you because I'm doing an essay or 
considering a book about yeah. how the church can better reach people. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the post, I was like, oh, I can't wait to tell Jeff <laughs> to tear into all him. the reasons why he's wrong. Yeah. And why I'm right. Mm-hmm. Because by this time in my life, I was finally like successful. Um, I thought I had everything. I mean, I knew I was miserable, but that didn't really matter because I had money and, you know, doing whatever I wanted to, going on trips, doing this, doing that. So I thought I was perfectly positioned to to tell him why he was wrong. Tell him what for. Yep. So we were supposed to meet one day, but my mom got sick and I had to take her to the hospital. And so it it was a couple weeks later that I was like, you know, I still do want to meet up with you. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, why don't you come up to my office and... You're like, uh oh, no man's no, land. I had no idea was what I was getting into, yeah. and so he tells me the address, and I get there, and it's just this old <laughs> church. Yeah, and I'm walking in the halls, and I'm just like, no, 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 this is this is way too familiar. Yeah, the smell of this place and the walls, and and I'm walking down the hallway, and my my clicky shoes, and my Black heart, <laughs> waiting to Your, pounce. My clicky shoes in my black. I just remember walking down the hallway and everything was, you know, reverberating and yeah. And he was sitting in his office and I just plopped down and crossed my legs and gave him a look like, here I am. <laughs> and so up. yeah, so he got right. He's like, hey, do you mind if I ask you some questions? I'm like, that's what I'm here for. You know, ask away. Be prepared. Hit him with me, preacher. Be prepared. But I was the one that was unprepared because he started asking me questions like, you know, what do you hope in? Where do you find your hope? I don't ask myself questions like that. Yeah. I don't need to. I've got it all together, man. I don't need hope. I have my workout routine. I eat pretty healthy. Uh, I have a girlfriend. And I have money. Yeah. What more do you need? Hope is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So, but that that was the main question mm-hmm. that I went home with that I couldn't get rid of. I mean, I'm sure he asked me so many questions that I couldn't even tell you now. But when I got home that night, I could not get rid of that question. It just was in my head. It drove me almost crazy. I just, no matter what I did, I couldn't stop thinking about that. And in that same process, I also got into my closet and unearthed my 25-year-old Bible out of a box Yeah, that hadn't been touched in that many years. And I just started opening it and reading it, and I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. Not going here. Yeah. I would shut it and put it on my nightstand. But every night after that, I would come home from work and I would open that Bible. Mm-hmm. Inexplicably. Yeah. Didn't want God, but I could not help but open this Bible and read it. It was yeah. the strangest thing. And every day, every day it would be the same answer. Nope, not doing this. I'm not giving up my life. Mm-hmm. I like my life. Yeah. I like my sin. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give that up. So this went on for a couple of months. Wow. Yeah. And I talked to my parents, you know, about, because they're very devout Christians. Yeah. And um, my mom had told me, you know, you should just read the book of John. Mm-hmm. 
And so I went home that night and I read the entire book of John. And I was like amazed. My, my eyes were my eyes were yeah. finally opened. Praise God, man. And I was like this is incredible. Yeah. Um but I still said no. I was like no, I just can't. I can't change my life. What do people think of me? Yeah. All my friends, all of this, all of that. I can't do that. So it was sometime in the end of March last year when I just gave up. Yeah. I said, fine. You know, you want me, you can have me. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Uh, I know I'm lost. I know I need to be saved. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to surrender and let you handle all the de- all the details because I can't grasp how this looks. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know how my life is going to change, mm-hmm. but I know that you'll take care of that. Mm-hmm. And he certainly has. Yeah. In an, in an incredible way that I could never have seen at the time. Yeah. So, started coming to Glass City. I remember the first time I went in, my my initial thought was, because on Sunday mornings I'd always do laundry. Yeah. I was like, well, this is better than doing laundry. There you go. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, if you're going to... <laughs> skip laundry to go to church. I mean, that's a good that's a good trade off, right? Yeah, I don't know why that stuck with me, but I remember remember thinking that so much, that to myself. And it was a very foreign idea. I mean, I hadn't been into a church in a long time. Yeah, and singing songs and doing all that was was a was an adjustment. Yeah, for a little while. Did it bring back? I mean, you said walking to walking to Jeff's office again for the first time mm-hmm. brought back a lot of old memories. Um, anything in particular like you remember from uh, growing up that stuck out to you? Um... You know, I was always so bad in high school. I mean, I was in the principal's <laughs> office like once a week. Yeah. Um, you know, nearly kicked out Yeah, multiple times. I, bar- I, I barely graduated because I just didn't care about anything but sports and girls. I mean, that was pretty much what I majored in. Yeah. And... Um, it's by the grace of God that I graduated high school. I'll yeah. just tell you that much right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, not, I, nothing that I can really call, recall off the top of my head. Okay, that would be interesting for this particular podcast. Heard that wouldn't be can wouldn't be uh, profitable for the podcast. No, heard that. Uh, okay, so you said the moment you think that the, your eyes were open, the truth of the gospel was in March. Yes. Um, so, what do you believe about Jesus now? Love. Yeah. Incredible love. Un- un- unknowing love. Like, impossible to comprehend love. Yeah. Um, that's been my... The biggest thing for me to try to comprehend in this last year is understanding that he loves me and that I can accept that. Because mm-hmm. so often I am incapable of loving myself. Yeah. So how could he love me? Mm-hmm. So, you know, not only the Father's love, but Jesus's love, on a on a and experiencing it, mm-hmm. like truly trying to experience it, like intentionally every day, looking yeah. for it, and not having it be this just idea. Mm-mm. No, I want to experience. Well, God loves you. Well, yeah, I know, I know that. Yeah, but no, really. But like, really, for real. Yeah, embrace. It. Yeah. Not just the words, mm-hmm. yeah, the 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 experiential 
the experience of knowing him. Yeah. And seeking him and allowing myself to be loved by him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, that's, that's my idea of Jesus. Yeah. So with, when we talk about these things, um, talking about learning to, cause we, Jeff and I have talked about this in the podcast before is, uh, you've lived, you've done a particular sin that was incredibly hurtful to someone, or you, you, you live a lifestyle that was, uh, particularly hard for others or even yourself, um, and wrestling with that shame, um, which sounds like what you're talking about mm-hmm. is wrestling with the shame of, well, if he only knew this and this and this, then he must not love me. Is that would it, was that ever a, a thought that ran through your mind? If he if Jesus would have known this and this and this, um, in in that in that in in that time where you're processing those things when you're when you, the Lord's drawing you to himself, did you ever think that? Was that ever a, a thought that went through your mind? I don't think so. No, Mm-mm. really? I mean, maybe it helped that I that I had a lot of the information from my childhood. Okay. So I had part of the, the equation already there. Yeah. Now, if I was someone coming in completely cold mm-hmm. that didn't have any... I mean, I went to a, a Bible college for almost yeah. a year before I got kicked out of there. So I had so much knowledge of the scripture and yeah. the gospel and everything that I think really helped me not to stumble over some of the things I think a lot of new beginners do. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, a phrase that came to mind out of this book that I've been reading a couple hundred years ago, I think or so they didn't used to say born again. They used to say seized by the power of a great affection. Wow. Mm. That's the goods right there. That's the goods. Yeah. It's tasty. Seized by the power of a great affection. Hmm. So, you know, that's kind of what I take with me now. Yeah. Changes everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. Um. So as we're as we're talking, um, how has how has I don't want to say how Christianity has changed because obviously that's not I'm, I'm talking about subculture mm. subculture things um, from the time that you were growing up into elementary school uh, and also high school college to uh, your mid twenties to now um, would have been some some notable shifts that you've seen um, from even from an outsider's perspective of not being a believer um, were some things that you saw, maybe some changes, maybe some um, different things, how your thought patterns and how you kind of viewed the Christian subculture. How has that changed? Tremendously, thankfully. I mean, we've mentioned it earlier. You know, when I went to church, there was no such thing as guitars, Okay, guitars were like considered evil. Really, you don't you don't play a guitar in church back in the ninety or the late eighties, early nineties. Not not where I went to church anyway. But the biggest thing when it comes to doctrinally was the grace thing. Yeah, is that it was more about 
what you don't do in order to basically, they tell you that you couldn't lose your salvation. But if you did this and this and this, you might. I mean, that yeah. was the implication. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so grace it was not, there was very little grace taught. Very little, um, at least from from my memory. Yeah. That God loves you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And you might screw up, but guess what? That's not the end of the world. He's still going to love you. Mm-hmm. And you can rest in that. And and as you do, as you recognize his love and his and his mercy for you, that will actually keep you from doing the things that yeah. you might do. Yeah. Otherwise. So definitely definitely grace. And it's funny because someone very close to me who um I'm reading a book by Brennan Manning called The Ragamuffin Gospel. Yeah. And she asked me what I've been reading, and I told her this book. And she's like, oh, I think that book's a little heavy on the grace. And that's the, that's the, that seems to be the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't be too heavy on the grace, which to me is absurd. Mm-hmm. Because there is nothing better than God, who is certainly heavy on the grace. Yeah. Far heavier than I think we give him opportunity to be yeah. um, <clears throat> too quickly we want to be condemned mm-hmm. in in some sort of strange fashion at least I do sometimes I like it <clears throat> I can embrace being condemned more than I can embrace his love and grace and mercy for me for some odd reason so yeah. that to me would be the biggest thing that I've noticed I think I think Glass City not to shamelessly plug it but I think <clears throat> it certainly has a good balance um, for what I think is biblical yeah. when it comes to that. Yeah. I mean, as you're talking, I mean, how good is Jesus? How good is... Man, it's just he's, so... He's the best thing that's ever it's happened. It's so <laughs> encouraging to me to hear that because, I mean, Ephesians 1... Uh, seven through eight says in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of his, of God's grace, which he, here's the, here's the kicker here, which he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He lavishes grace Mm. upon us, man. Yes. Um, And it's only, only by the blood of Christ because we, we were just talking about this earlier today mm-hmm. that we are children of wrath without Christ. Yep. That God's wrath is rightly stored up against us without Jesus stepping into our place. And man, how good. Hallelujah, man. What a savior. Like not to quote the song, mm-hmm. but hallelujah. Seriously. What mm-hmm. a savior. Um, yeah, man. Well, I get it, man. Uh, because you know, I'm, I'm a, a bit of a songwriter myself yeah and i just wrote one with a line um jesus you are the best thing that's ever happened mm-hmm. and you think about that and how true it is where would, where would we be without him yeah you know so well, we lost. know I mean, we know what the the old testament had to do you know what I'm is that what you're going no i was oh. just, i mean i we, we know without christ what the prognosis is yeah um so what were you i'm sorry what were you gonna say 
about the Old Testament? Well, I mean, I think about that sometimes. Like, <clears throat> like we're reading First Samuel mm-hmm. uh, through our Bible reading, and <clears throat> you, the uh, sacrificing and mm-hmm. uh, the never-ending atoning yeah. that you're going through to, to try to work yourself back on the Lord's good graces. Yeah. To know that we had the perfect lamb mm-hmm. and that it's over, it's been accomplished, and the sacrifice has been made, and yeah. and we can move on and... Mm-hmm. And just rest in the beauty of that. Yeah. And we take it all, we, I think we take it for granted a lot of times. Um, the beauty of our salvation and and how simple it is now and, mm-hmm. and, you know, contrast to Old Testament days. Yeah. It's finished, man. It's finished. I mean, in, in, the, in the cool thing about this, we talked about this on the pad, the, Jeff and I talked about this, um, all of those sacrifices were a foreshadowing hmm. of Christ's ultimate sacrifice. Because, um, man, like, it, it is so easy to, to think, even in those times, that my deeds saved me. But it was all a foreshadowing. It was all a trust in the Lord um, that one day he will send us a, a perfect savior. Mm-hmm. One day he will he will save us from this body of death. Right? And yep. dude, it's just it's, that's why they call it the good news. It's good. It is. So it's good news. Yeah, man. Well, just wanted to thank everyone for listening. Hope this was an encouraging time for you. Um, hope that uh, this podcast blesses you. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes uh, and add us on Facebook. All the cool kids are doing it, right, Brad? Uh, I wouldn't know. It <laughs> uh, is. It is. A I fact. wish I was a cool kid. It is a fact that all the cool kids are adding us on Facebook okay, and yeah. following us. On then Instagram. go there and do uh, that. So go there and do that, um, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Farewell. You've been listening to the Glass City Church Podcast. For more content or more information about Glass City Church, visit our website at www.glasscitychurch.org.